0: Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com give.
1: We live in a universe of scientific wonders.
2: Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives.
3: We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you.
2: That's why today is a fine day for science.
1: So let's science. For um, our science topic today, we've got a couple of different topics, just a, a mishmash of some interesting science bites we thought we'd share with everyone. Now, the first one, uh, just to uh, coincide with NIDOC Week, which we did an acknowledgement of at the beginning of, uh, of this episode, the first one is about an asteroid named after an Aboriginal elder. So can you tell us what's happening with that story?
2: Yeah, so I, I love this story. I really wanted to put it in our science segment today. So um, there's been an asteroid named in honour of Aboriginal elder Gillar Michael Anderson for his contribution to astronomy. Um, so he's actually been interested in astronomy since he was a child. Um, he says his nan and pop used to tell him stories about the stars and the different stories about them, you know, the indigenous stories. Um, and um, he is a ULA elder. I'm really sorry about my pronunciation, if I'm not saying it correctly, um, from Good Guta- Goodgar in northwest New South Wales, and he's been recognized for his contribution to the understanding of First Nations in astronomy. Um, And the First Nations people of our country have, you know, have a lot of stories about um, the Milky Way constellations in the sky, and um, there's actually evidence of um, the traditional knowledge going back at least uh, about 12,000 years. So it's quite an extensive knowledge in their culture. Um, And um, so his name was put forward to the IAU, so the International Astronomical Union, which we all know and love for putting... uh, you know, reclassifying Pluto uh, as a dwarf planet. I will uh, never let that one go. No, um, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, yes, but his, anyway, that was an aside. Um, so his, his, his name was um, put forward um, to have the asteroid named after him by Associate Professor uh, from, of Cultural Astronomy at Melbourne University, um, Dwayne Haymaker. Um, so he he recognized his um his contribution to astronomy and he's got to be named after an asteroid now called one zero zero four Gila, which is two point seven kilometers in diameter and it's currently between Jupiter and Mars. And this um asteroid was first found in nineteen eighty four by Czech scientists. Um And uh, Mr. Anderson says that the recognition was a great honour, and the Aboriginal people had a lot to contribute to the study of space. He says it was a bit of a shock first, (laughs) but proud to be one of the First Nations people in the world to have an asteroid named after them, and that's truly well deserved. Um, he says we have a lot to teach Australia and the rest of the world, and now people are just starting to realise that. Um, and he also makes a good point. Thank goodness our Our old people didn't let it all die and left the knowledge of uh, left a lot of knowledge behind for us Mm. to pass on to generations. And I think Australia would benefit a a lot from it. Um, He's worked with um, an associate of um, Professor Dwayne. His name is Dr. Robert Fuller. Um he's worked with him for a number of years and contributed to filming of a documentary about ab- Aboriginal astronomical knowledge and he's also helped to um document the star knowledge, you know, um by talking to um professors and, and such. So um also um I found um, through a website called aboriginalastronomy.com.au, dot com dot au They actually made a a little documentary. I couldn't find the full documentary, um, but from it, from the snippet, it was so interesting because he talked about how at nighttime, they do nighttime ceremonies as Mm. well as ceremonies during the day. And, where they are at nighttime, they can see the full Milky Way. They can see everything, all the stars. Yeah. And they said they do that so they know the world around them. So it's not just the daytime world they know, there's also the nighttime world. Amazing. They can see everything, night and day. So they know what's there in the night and in the day. Um, and they see the Emu spirit in the Milky Way, which is also a water spirit. Um, when they see Vi- Venus rising in the sky, in, um, you know how it cycles through. When they see it first appear in the sky, they know that that's when the time to light the fires. So you know, in Australia, we have a problem with bushfires. Well, mm. they used to manage the, the the fires by lighting scrub fires, so that they don't get those full blown fires, and it regenerates the land. Um, you know, there are certain seeds that can only um, germinate after the their um, capsules, kind of thing, have been. Um, um, uh, how do you say? burnt, opens, you know, the fire will open it up and yeah. then the seed comes out and then it can germinate. Um, you know, the, our, our Indigenous people have the relationship between the sky and the seasons and the land, you know, so they, they have this extensive knowledge that we don't have, mm. you know. I mean, we have our scientific instruments, we have, you know, we're able to have all this fancy knowledge, but they have a different knowledge as well. Um you know, and I reckon that if we put their, the scientific knowledge with the cultural knowledge together, we just learn so much more about the earth, you know? So,
1: you can't beat 12,000 years of experience. No. I mean, and that that's what is, it is. It is experience. They had very yes. advanced agriculture. People say, you know, oh, they were just yes. nomads. That is a complete, no, that's nonsense. They weren't no. nomads. Yeah. Their agriculture was actually very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't the traditional agriculture that was understood. Um, by, you know, by people at the time, but it was, uh, it was all, based on everything that you said, yeah. based on their knowledge of the lands, based on their knowledge of the seasons, which yeah. would be linked to their knowledge of space and the stars. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. And I just thought I'd just read a couple of things off there, um off this website to, to explain, you know, the, uh, a little bit about the dreaming and the, um their interpretation of, you know, a few of these, Um, celestial things that we see in the sky. So the Southern Cross, you know, it's very... uh, Here down in Australia, the Southern Cross is prominent in the sky. So it says here, the Southern Cross is important Um, in ceremony. It has a strong link to the story of when first met. The first man died and the dark space, um, they call call it a coal sack, is the hole in the dead tree, the Yaran or Gulabar, depending on language group, through which... Bulimar is reached. The pointer star, Alpha and Beta Centauri, are two cockatoos, Moray and Muye, who were roosting in the tree when it was lifted into the sky. Mm. In the same area as a star, Alpha Muske, which is the large federation star on the Australian flag, this is the camp of the culture hero, Hero Bayami, which is now kept in, by one of his wives and is the place where everyone goes before going to Bulamar. Women with children on the Earth stay here until they are joined by their last daughter. Another s- star in the region, Canopus is called Wamba crazy <laughs> <Perhaps> <laughs> because it twinkles near the horizon. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the Milky Way, uh, other than the moon, uh, the brightest object in the night sky is the Milky Way, which can stretch from horizon to horizon in the dark sky from the, um, the ULA people, this is Warrumbul, meaning watercourse or river, mm. and the place where everything once was until the universe was turned upside down and everything ended up on Earth. Many of the creation beings are still to be found in Warrumbul, and many objects and stories have mirror places on Earth. Behind the Milky Way is Bulamar, the sky camp, where persons go after their life on Earth. Um So, yeah, I mean, these are just beautiful explanations um, that they have um, come up with, you know, in their culture. And, yeah, like we were talking about, the beautiful connection between the sky and the earth and their um, management of land and everything else. So, yeah, I really wanted to highlight that this week because there is... Uh, how do you say white astronomy? I guess you could call it. i don't want to be you know, <laughs> bring anything racial into it, but I'm just saying uh, astronomy that we learn at school and then there's beautiful cultural astronomy, which yeah let's yeah I'd love to it it's so nice. I actually want to read more about that because um it's just um I think we can learn a lot from our indigenous yeah. people
1: there's a um a strong connection between faith and science that I can see there as well from mm-hmm. the indigenous just the indigenous perspective alone before we bring European you know classical science in there. Yes. With their understanding of, again, the stars and how it's connected to seasons and how they, you know, add imagery, uh, you know, and then they had they added an overlay of faith on top of that as well. So we talk about faith and science from the Catholic tradition and how they they have a beautiful connection. But you can see it in indigenous tradition as well. Again, how faith and science. It, so across different cultures, they can all experience that same beauty as well. And I think that's a, that's a great one. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh let's uh let's um move to a more local planet then. We've been all over <laughs> the the Milky Way. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's jump to Mars uh because now um we've we've had detections of methane gas on Mars. So what's happening there and and is it a signal of life Caroline?
2: Well, I'm not sure about that, but we've been detecting. <laughs> so,
1: no, yeah, because methane uh, is always like everyone's like, "Oh, methane life," you know. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. no,
2: I mean you're right about that, but I'm not yeah. sure about the life theory uh, on Mars yet because they're they're not sure. Um, but you know, there's Curiosity rover um, on Mars, and since about 2012, it's actually been detecting um, methane repeatedly, and it's been going from background levels to from about 0.5. Um, parts per billion, and sometimes surges up to twenty parts per billion. Um, it's been using its TLS, um instrument, which is a tunable laser spectrometer, to measure these. And um, you know, like you said, it is a it could be a possible biosignature gas. Um, so they they've been puzzled though because they weren't sure. There's another um, there's an orbiter. Um, that went on board in 2016. And that was actually able to um, measure methane up in the atmosphere of Mars. And they weren't able to actually detect it. So um, they were wondering, why are we detecting it on surface? And why are we not detecting it? You know, and then I read in the article, you know, they did every single thing they could do to kind of find where is this methane coming from? Is it from the, uh, the rover itself somehow? Um, you know, uh, let's try and find everything we can. And then they decided, well, let's do these detections, you know, every day. And they found out that basically Mars kind of at nighttime pulls on the surface of Mars. And then during the day, it kind of dissipates as the sun comes up, you know, the Mm. atmosphere warms up and the the methane um, dissipates into the atmosphere. But it's still very hard to detect it in (laughs) the upper atmosphere. Um, So they're just kind of wondering how's it formed, first of all. So it's seeping out of the rocks. Life, question mark? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something geological happening, question mark? We're not sure. Um, And why is it disappearing into the atmosphere? So um, is it broken down by other molecules? Is it destroyed by the sun? We're not sure. So we're at that point at the moment. Very interesting. So, Yeah. Stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, as a to add on to that, Caroline, I was uh, looking at another story about Enceladus, which is uh, the moon mm-hmm. one of the really fascinating moons of Saturn. Favorite Actually, moon one of most, ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most fascinating <laughs> moons in our entire solar system because this is the one that has uh, big geysers of well water. What what is it? Um, oh, not exactly wow. water, but it shoots out geysers anyway. Yeah. Of, um, yeah. No, the... it's
2: got it's got oceans under its uh, yeah. uh, icy caps. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's all oh, like wow. water mixed in with all these. Yeah i'll let you do
0: it <laughs> no, 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 no. But this, this
1: um originally when it was discovered this blew people's minds because the uh because cassini was sending you know imagery back and they're like what is this stuff shooting out of this yes. this mood what's going yes. on here and it was a uh, it was guises of, of water that shoot out into space uh and so anyway they've um they've detected uh uh what is it methane as well on enceladus and now they're trying to work out if um if this could be signs of life as well. And it's 50-50 now, so it, it could be or it couldn't be. But what's interesting about Enceladus, like you mentioned, is that under that big layer of ice on the surface that is a liquid ocean of something, yeah. And, uh, wow. and in fact, they're talking about missions. Um, I've seen, you know, in years past about creating submarine-like probes that could mm. be sent there... Um, that could be, you know, dropped on the surface, you know, the, the nose or the body could heat up incredibly to melt the ice. And it just, you know, moves through the ice and gets into the ocean and, you know, swims around and starts, you know, doing testing and detecting the yeah, and all, <laughs> yeah. all the, all the, all uh, the fish aliens are like, what's this? I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, uh, but so they are trying to work out, um, If it's possible that there is uh, signs of life through methane, or what is generating this methane? So there's a couple of theories. So first of all, Cassini, um, the the probe that was launched in uh, that uh, that was got to Saturn by 2005. Anyway, it spotted lots of compounds, um, you know, in the atmosphere including dihydrogen, which uh, from my understanding is it's, uh, it's a molecule, which is two atoms of hydrogen. I hope I'm correct about that. That was, my, <laughs> that was my one and only Jimmy Akin moment. <laughs> <laughs> and a variety of, of carbon-containing um, organic compounds as well, including methane. So there's um, a couple of theories. One is um, there are microbes that are eating, um, you know, like some of these hydrogens and whatever else, at the dihydrogen, sorry, and producing methane, and that could be it. Or... The methane could just be uh, being produced by sort of leftover, you know, organic matter that, you know, that came from asteroids and and whatever else. So they are trying to work out if um, if this could be a sign of life. And I guess more missions are going to have going to have to happen. Um, But this was the conclusion that they said. Uh, So two things that partly, you know, is it could there be life or, or not? it partly boils down to how probable we believe the different hypotheses are to begin with. For example, if we deem the probability of life on, in Enceladus to be extremely low, then such an alternative abiotic mechanisms, which was that organic matter I was talking about, becomes more likely, even if they are very alien compared to what we know here on Earth. That being said, biological methanogenesis appears to be compatible with the data as well. In other words, we can't discard the life hypothesis as improbable. To reject the life hypothesis, we need more data from future missions. So it's possible that it could be some kind of life on Enceladus. It's also possible that it could just be methane being produced by inorganic, sorry, just by organic matter as well. But they can't rule out either at the moment and say this is definitely what it is. So that is very cool. Yes, I so, wish
2: they'd send that thing over. <laughs> oh, please, just <laughs> get it either. over
1: there! Come on, just shoot that probe wow. and tell us what's going on. Yeah, yeah totally. put us so, out of our misery. Yeah. So, guys,
3: you know about methane. When I, when I think yeah. about methane, I think you guys all will think. I'll oh, just remember this: is I always think of methane gas. Is mm-hmm. is yep. that the same thing, guys? Is, is that is that a dangerous chemical? No, we, no, we that's just
2: careful? a byproduct from life. Like we think of cows; okay. every cows produce methane. methane right? Like yeah. that's why we have okay. A, it's an environmental issue here because it is biologically produced though so it's definitely a gas uh... yeah Right. Yeah, okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. Understand.
2: Well, it's a gas on Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, on okay. Titan, okay. there's rivers of methane, so it's it's it depends on what environment it's in. Mm. To be honest. Gotcha. Yeah. I it's like that song yeah, I by the
1: rivers of oh. methane. No, yeah. <laughs>
2: that, that wouldn't be pleasant, but anyway. no, 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 it would be
1: very unpleasant. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay.
3: okay. Understand. Yeah. Right.
1: So, uh, we've had a couple of very short ones, and the first one uh, to add uh, just a little footnote is. Billionaires in space! <laughs> so this month now, by the time this podcast comes out, this a lot of this might have already happened, but mm-hmm. there are two billionaires uh, this month who are vying to be <laughs> the first billionaire to, and, and in- human being, yeah, <laughs> to be um, a tourist in space, to be part of a, an official space tourism was, mission. I'm sorry, how can a billionaire be
3: a tourist? Like, really?
1: True, Come yeah. On. No, it's probably more like a real estate. You know, it's like, oh, there's the moon. Oh, I'll buy that. Yeah, oh, I'll just say, buy yeah, that. Yeah, I'll I was about to say, yeah. hell is that? Yeah, yeah. just
0: shrink like a space it option. like
1: option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Are you freaking laughs> okay. Put it into like a little ball. Yeah. I'm sure Richard freaking Branson out. has some minions somewhere to help him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Definitely. yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Richard Branson very, very soon, imminently, um, is going to be flying on his uh, Virgin Galactic flight on the VSS Unity, which is their spaceship. Uh and so basically the it gets taken up on their, their plane, which is the name I can't recall now, but it's says giant looking uh I forgot now, but um the spaceship is VSS or Virgin VSS, sorry, Spaceship. I saw yeah. it this
2: morning and I forgot immediately.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, this will fly them up to a to a um a height um, you know, in Earth's lower atmosphere-ish and then mm-hmm. from there they'll launch their um they'll, they'll launch unity and i've watched a couple of their test flights already which are pretty amazing it just drops and you hear them go fire 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 and the engine mm-hmm. ignites and it's the it's like It'll a first stage engine that takes them into well a, a hundred kilometers above the earth which is the the carmen line which is the official recognition of being in space mm-hmm. so that's billionaire number one so uh, and guys, <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> uh, july uh, 11 yeah it is oh right okay yeah so yes. tomorrow at time of recording yeah that's yeah. right i forgot okay. it was so soon Oh, yes. And okay. at the end of the month, uh, in the July 20-something, we then have Jeff Bezos, you know, founder coming of... Coming uh, second. Uh, <laughs> coming in second place, yeah. Uh, founder of Amazon. <laughs> I, should, yeah, I should also say um, that Richard Branson's flight will have passengers. So it's not just him. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. It's the first yeah. Like, yeah. flight with, with more passengers than just the, a test. Fingers you know, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm so, sorry, Jeff? guys.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry. When you guys... Said can't me help, being thing, nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous. Oh, uh, you saw the messages I was saying it felt like a reality ad yeah,
2: on, it is guys. a reality show space yeah, they're walking
3: reality down the, you know, advertising. Yeah. advertising yeah they're walking very close you know slowly yeah. and all of a sudden this is like a like a, what is it a detail of them, the age, the name, yeah, you know, or the profession. It's like a reality.
1: Yeah, oh, so cool. It's uh, so all yeah. cool. Yeah. And the reason cool. they're doing ad- mm. commercial like advertisements is because mm. this is a business. They're launching exactly. space tourism, and our uh, Virgin uh, exactly. Galactic actually floated on the stock stock market in the United States. So mm-hmm. they are very serious about this. About oh, this yep. taking yep. taking off. Excuse the pun, but you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> going to orbit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. going orbital. yeah, um, and, yeah <laughs> and the other the other billionaire is the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Bezos, um, who um, has filled my house with certain devices that I can't oh, say their names UNC. because they'll go. Wow! Off. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, so Jeff Bezos uh, on the New Shepard. So this is a, a rocket um, that is a reusable rocket. So it can launch. It goes um, above the Kármán line. The first, it's got it's two stages. So the first stage takes it up. Um, then the capsule um, with people separates. They get to float around, experience weightlessness for a couple of minutes, and see the Earth from space, and then. Uh, the first stage comes back and lands itself just just like the spaceX Falcon rockets and the um the capsule will float back to earth um, and then deploy parachutes and hit the ground well, well land on the ground I should say yeah yeah, just like we would see in um you know in uh, astronauts returning from the international space Station, so very much like that so uh another yeah, a couple of billionaires who are trying to. Get their um, you know, get their names as as astronauts, and um, the this also will have passengers. So Jeff Bezos is taking his brother. Uh, he's also taking um, I forgot her name now. Oh, I'm gonna have a mental blank. Anyway, she is this woman who is an expe- uh um experienced pilot. Uh, she can fly anything and everything. She's in her old age, and she sounds as confident as ever that she could pick up any plane and fly it. Um, but she never got to be an astronaut. So now they're now they are going to make her an astronaut. Make by her setting. an astronaut. Yeah yeah awesome. which is awesome so looking forward to those and hoping they go well you know um yeah, I know, that, yeah, you know there yeah, was yeah, a joke yeah. there was um someone made a petition for jeff bezos to not return after he goes to space but <laughs> yeah you know, you know, you know, i know funny okay. but at the same time okay. we, we do hope yeah we do hope it goes well because you know exactly. we're talking about human lives here as well Yeah, so, um, absolutely absolutely yeah. So, well
3: so when is um elon musk I'm gonna to go to space.
2: Soon, right? so I think yeah. he's happy to stay here. He's happy no? sending yeah. everyone else to space. Oh yeah. no! So to say, look,
3: three billionaires. One more, one more, more, one more billionaire going to space. Oh. Yeah, no,
1: no doubt he'll go to space at some point when Starship yeah. is, you know, but you're Starship working now. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not quite there, but Starship is a, a you know, it's a big oh, operation compared to goodness. what these two are. This <gasps> is a, yeah, yeah. I can
3: imagine now. You guys, it'll Elon Musk, you go. Can you give me a ticket on? <laughs> <laughs> Elon, really? You to fly a Come on.
1: Yeah. Come on. And, and, and I'll buy your business while I'm at it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'll take 30 Business don't know. class. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a joke that Elon Musk tried to buy a ticket for um for
0: uh, <laughs> what's it for? Um,
1: not Amazon. What am I talking about? Yeah, for um uh, new orig- Blue Origin. Sorry, it took me a while to get to that. Yeah, Blue Origin. Um, yeah, thing. There, there was a joke about that. I just want to see. You know what I want to really want to see? I want just want to see Jeff Bezos stand next to the rocket and say. Alexa, launch the rocket. Nice. <laughs> oh, yes. no, man. Yeah. yeah. Alexa, launch. Yes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, everyone. I hope. Uh, you no, had... I was oh, no, 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 no. I've just, I've just launched hey, about ten thousand rockets around the world. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Countdown all, thirty. You've
3: launched the whole lot.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Hope that, I hope that doesn't do anything in anyone's home. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give Make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com/give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.